0: It sounds like a twenty-five point mullet.
1: Twenty, like twenty-seven. I give him twenty-seven yeah. points. Yeah. Is there a reference to twenty-five point mullets? I've I never
0: know. told you about my mullet game. Uh-uh. I really thought I did. No. In one of our road trips.
1: Uh-uh. No. <laughs> it's, it's a, a, okay. point system, a well, measurement system. Are we
0: recording this because this could be its own podcast mm-hmm. today. Okay, introducing the mullet game. Um, it you can't play by yourself. You have to play with at least one other individual. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And the idea is that <laughs> um, if you spot a mullet, you 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 find it first, you can call it. Okay. Does that give you
1: points automatically? Well,
0: no, but the other person gets to tell you how many points it's worth.
1: Oh, that's fair.
0: So yeah, there's th- there's a rating system. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, the wilder the mullet, the more yeah. the points. So I grew up five minutes from Kings Island up in oh, Ohio, and so there's so many mullets.
1: I feel like mullets. Like uh, water parks are a breeding ground for them. Oh, totally. Or amusement parks. Oh, yeah. Mm.
0: Right. So that's where we racked most of our points. <laughs> and and so, um, but the the deal was you could only get your points if you touched it.
1: No. And,
0: and didn't get caught.
1: No. If no. you got
0: caught touching a mullet, <laughs> not only would you not get your points, you would lose every point you had ever rack. in your bank. Oh yeah. Uh-uh. You'd have to start. From that zero. Is
1: unfair.
0: And here's the other catch. If you got caught and successfully got yourself out Ooh. of it, you doubled all of your points.
1: I want to not play this game and play it. So badly. here's an example. Okay.
0: I was I was dating a guy, <laughs> I was dating, dating a guy named Justin um, back then. And he had spotted a wet mullet right off of a oh. water ride, and it was epic. It was, and the fact that it was wet it was just like. Did you do one of these? <laughs> yeah, you know. You yeah, know, yeah. So it was is worth a lot of points.
1: Is a male or female mullet worth worth more or less?
0: No, not really. No, it just depends on style and you know. Yeah. Um, condition <laughs> conditioner. If there's like hair conditioner. And if
1: it's moisturized. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Or, like, not moisturized, so <laughs> frizzy, extra points.
1: Oh, gosh. Um,
0: <laughs> yeah, but anyway, it was a wet mullet. And so Justin went to go touch it. And I don't think he intended on getting caught, but he did. The guy felt it and turned around. And then so Justin throws his fingers no. into this guy's mullet and does this. And he goes, Bee,
1: Bee. Oh, no way, no way.
0: <laughs> and the guy goes, Oh, my God. So Are cute. you shitting? And he's me? like, Thanks, man. Thanks, man. So oh, Justin got the double points. That's
1: genius. I've always been jealous of people who are like quick smart like that. Yeah, I'm not quick smart. That I would have hit a brick wall. It was impressive. Oh gosh, that makes so me so go, anxious. In. Just hearing about that. So hey guys, I'm Justin with Spirit Animal, and I'm here with Nicole, founder and CEO and chief unicorn at Spirit Animal.
0: I made up that title.
1: I mean. Yes, yeah, Chief Unicorn. Chief unicorn. <laughs> <laughs> you
0: get to um, do that when you own your own company. And that's,
1: that's the fun piece. And actually, no, that's the second one. That's not we're going to dive into right now. Um, today, we're going to talk about a couple of things. Trends that we're seeing towards the future of owning your own business. Talking about employees versus contractors and everything in between. What that all looks like and why you decide to do what you do. Uh, in the way that you do it. And so my first question is, you use a phrase often and that phrase is we don't employ, we deploy. Yeah. Can can you teach me? What does that what does that mean to you? Where did that come from?
0: Yeah. Um are you familiar with the word employment? And I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: was like, okay, maybe this is not gonna be conversational. <laughs> gonna that. Up. Um
0: Yeah. So we we employ people. We don't deploy people. And what that means is uh, we don't have employees. We work entirely with independent contractors. Um, There's a couple of reasons for that. One is uh, it's it's trending. They predict by 2027 that most U.S. workers will be self-employed independent contractors, which is wild.
1: Yeah. Let's pump the brakes and sit on that for a second. Where did you find that? fact, cause it's fascinating when the first time you told me that
0: it came out recently on CNBC, but there's, there's a lot of, there's HR blogs and there's, you know, four, I mean, you can find independent contractor trends all over the place. Um, by 2024, they predict half of the, nearly half the population will be independent contractors. So it's, it's, it's just scaling really fast. Um, right now one in four millennials are doing some sort of gig economy side hustle. um, and there's a, there's a lot of appeal in it because we live in a digital age. A lot of our jobs we can we can do wherever, right? We can work from our computer from home or a coffee shop, or it doesn't really matter what mm-hmm. city or we're your in. Living room, yeah, exactly. So the internet enabled this. <laughs> um, and there's a, there's a lot of, of appeal in that. And what's interesting as a business owner, I don't have to have the overheads that a lot of companies take on by having a brick and mortar
1: huge, freaking huge or brick
0: and mortars all over all over the world i'm not that big yet but i can have contractors all over the world which is really interesting
1: did i tell you that i'm bad at i'm 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 good at remembering facts i'm bad at remembering the source so i don't know the source that's okay but did i tell you that you can automatically add on around 33 percent of whatever you're paying someone just for the cost of benefits yeah if you're insane. an employee yeah yeah okay so keep going yeah So, um,
0: and the, the other stat, one more stat mm, before we start getting into stat heavy. I like the stat. Yeah. I like it. Um, the people who are working for themselves right now, um,
1: Mm.
0: it's like 78, 79%. I forget the exact number, but, um, somewhere around that number, people report being, uh, happier working for themselves than when they were employed.
1: (laughs) Do you think that's. Do you think this thing is generational? Do you think it's more so because of the internet and the digital age? Why is do, why I think do you think this is it, I happening? I think it's
0: both. I would say it's both. Um, definitely it wouldn't be possible without the internet. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I think that kickstarted it. But yeah, it, it's a different generation. There's so many options. Um, and I think we've done a really good job as millennials really stepping into the self-awareness space. Um how do I want to say this? I know we know ourselves maybe a little more than our parents generation did. We, we have a lot of option, more options to explore when it comes to career career, even hobbies or interests. And so, um, not only can that help foster self-awareness, it helps set us up for being able to work for ourselves because when we have options, we can we're empowered ourselves as independent contractors to decide who we want to work with and what project we want to take on and where we want to work. Exactly.
1: Have you seen people who have forever been in a job and left for as to become an independent contractor? Um, have you seen that transition in people that you've contracted in the past and what kind of learnings have you seen in the people that have made that leap?
0: Yeah. It depends on the personality type. Mm -hmm. Um, I would say most people have some degree of fear if they've never been fully out on their own, um, which is understandable. You know, there's a lot of security that comes with being employed, Yeah, right? You know, well, here's, what's interesting is I don't buy into that. I don't, I fundamentally don't believe that anything's secure, but I'm also an Enneagram eight. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah. we're both very
1: independent people. Cause I agree. Yeah. I don't, I, you know. To
0: me, it's all an illusion. But I get it. I get that there, there's a lot of comfort and stability that comes from being employed because you know when your next paycheck is going mm-hmm. to come. You know exactly how much it's going to be. Usually, unless you're paid hourly, but I'm, I'm talking about salaried employees. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have the luxury of benefits, health insurance, uh, 401k if you're lucky, etc. And that stuff is really important. And um, especially the you know, the more kids you have, the bigger your family mm-hmm. is, the The more pressure you have to, um, make wise decisions for your family. So I get all of that, but fundamentally, um, I just don't believe that it's actually as stable and secure as people like to believe.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And, um, do you think
1: that's like, I'm gonna use my word global. Do you think that's not industry specific? That's just pretty much across the board. You don't really know. I don't know. know that
0: I could speak I I don't know that I could speak to other con- uh, countries and cultures. Um, it's something that I've seen a lot and experience in the US, but definitely something I'm interested in researching. I don't mm. know. I don't know how cultural that is.
1: Um okay. So I love everything thus far, but I still don't have an answer to why or to what you mean by employee is supposed to deploy. Yeah.
0: Okay. So when when i say we deploy people um that is a really interesting word and it's not just because it supports this idea of we have independent contractors not employees that's one aspect of it um what i love about it is that we can build custom teams around unique needs mm-hmm. so when you employ people you for the most part you have to use those people inside of your building or for, you whatever needs for whatever across need for whatever yeah exactly Um, and there's, there's always an element of customization, you know, I I don't want to say that, you know, thought isn't put into that at all. Um, but when you work entirely with independent contractors and you can truly customize, um, a project or a retainer, you know, like that maybe there's a six month scope, right. And you're building a custom team around that. Um, that's really exciting.
1: So uh, let's dive deep into that for the people who are client side, why does this matter to them? Like, why should they know that this is important? Because for the sake of, you know, what they're used to, they hire an agency and they tell the agency what they want and they sometimes get it, sometimes don't. But why is this a, a differentiator?
0: Yeah, uh, a lot of different reasons. Typically, you'll find a cost savings. Um, <clears throat> typically, you'll find you can you can hire unicorns is so something, you know, we'll talk about in a bit, but we we like to work with unicorns. And what I mean by that is finding people who have more than one skill set. Um, sometimes they're referred to generalists, but I think of them as like really, really kick ass generalists, yeah. right? People who historically, um, and I'm speaking about myself, (laughs) who have historically not fit into a role. So I spent Mm -hmm. a lot of my career as a creative director, and I had so much more value to add to the account, to projects, than just being a CD. Um, But I was not empowered to do that. And I was not encouraged to do that because that was stepping into other people's Mm -hmm. roles and territories. And so um, for me, it felt like I was only giving a a small fraction of mm-hmm. my true value and over time that really, really ate at me.
1: It leads to burnout. Yeah. Right.
0: Absolutely. Yep. So being able to work with pulling unicorns to a project, people who can do multiple things means we need less people.
1: So give me an example of what multiple things means. Like what, what do you now do that's different than when you were a, a back in an agency?
0: At any given time, I can quickly switch between wearing an account hat to a strategic planning hat to a creative director hat. And also those don't happen in isolation. I don't have to have meetings with those people to... Mm -hmm. I don't have to wait for the account person to brief me on something or the strategic planner to give me the plan that then I go question and poke holes and offend
1: and all of
0: all of that gets to be worked out in uh, my own ecosystem. And I, and I, and I don't work in a silo ever. And I also don't um, encourage that. I I believe in teams, but smaller, more agile, supercharged teams. Mm -hmm.
1: I I think one thing that I realized while you're talking is that, you know, you said some people call them generalists. I think, Tell me, correct me if I'm wrong. I think the difference between a generalist and the negative connotation that they've had versus a unicorn and what our clients have seen the positive results of that is that a generalist is like a bad, is like an inexperienced or young person who didn't ever find, who hasn't found out what they They're actually love to do yet. They've tried a million
0: different things and they've never become good at one of And them. thus you're,
1: you're <laughs> yeah. average, mediocre and general at a lot of things. Yeah. Versus the unicorn, which is very different, which, but could look the same from the outside, maybe until you experience it. Right. Yep. The generalist, I think has a ton of experience. I mean, the unicorn, I think has a ton of experience. I think they know people. I think they're skilled and talented at a lot of different things. Um, and that factor makes the difference. Right. Yeah.
0: I'd agree. Yeah. And specialists Mm -hmm. matter too. And we work with them as well. Um, because you know, if I have a project that requires really, really, you know, intense 3D animation, I just I'm going to hire the to best sample. 3D animator on the planet mm-hmm. because, right? Because they're a specialist in that area. So there's definitely room to be working with specialists. And uh, some people have the personality type where they just want to learn that one mm-hmm. thing and get really awesome at it. And you know, thank God for those people. Yeah. Um, but I like to build my company. I would say the core people that I work with ongoing are unicorns.
1: Break down how that saves money and, and then we'll go from there.
0: Yeah. I I kind of alluded to it. Instead of having three or five people who do really specific individual roles, you can have two people who can do everything. So on just human bodies that saves money, Um, unicorns tend to work faster than most people because Mm -hmm. of the experience and in the energy that they bring forth. Um, and so while they may cost more on paper, they might have a higher hourly rate or something. Um, they do the work in a fraction of, of the time. time. Yep.
1: I think one of the, the coolest success stories that I've heard, uh, for spirit animal in implementing this unicorn idea and subcontractor contractor ideas when, a, one of our recent clients said, where are you finding these people? Like,
0: yeah.
1: where are you? I don't, we've never worked with this consistent, th- we've never worked with this amount of people that are consistently amazing, right? We put together a custom team of 12 unicorns. Yep. And they were like, and we, we got rid of the curtain black box and connected them directly with the client. And they were, the client was like, where are you finding them? How, yeah. how do you get access to them? And I had a hard time answering it, but if you were to, answer, if you weren't in the room, how would you answer that question?
0: Well, if I was someone who cried, I would, <laughs> I do cry. I'm a human, I cry, but like, it makes me feel that on the inside, hearing that, because that is exactly. That's the goal. That's the goal. Um, how do I find them? Uh, a couple different ways. I I have been building an internal Rolodex of people that I would absolutely work with again who have impressed me time and time again um and so when when I was able to step into growing my own company there were already people I knew that I wanted to reach out to some of them were already working for themselves and some of them weren't and I'm giving them an opportunity to dip their feet in the water or even Which jump so all freaking in freaking cool yeah um the uh, other way jeez, that's okay, okay. <laughs> uh the other way I find them is through uh recommendations so we referrals, I guess, is probably a a better word. Um, we want to work with people we want to work with. And so people that I have grown to love and trust have also had their own, you know, third party circles that I haven't had exposure to. And I like to ask those individuals who, who would you want to work with again? Mm -hmm. Um, and so it's kind of just this mechanism that just keeps growing and growing, building organically, because when you hire people who really care about getting to good work and getting to it fast and having that high caliber um, uh, attitude and integrity and work process and all of that stuff, right. When you have a core team of people who care about that, um, they want to continue to work with people who share the same values and approach.
1: Yeah. I almost feel like it's like, you know, you start as a high school athlete and then you, if you're good enough, you go to college and then you're good enough, you go to like minor league and then you go to major league. And at each level you find more people at that level. Yeah. Right. Yep. Um, and so I think the more people that you ask, but if you want to continue always, to work there's, with. There's
0: like the two or three people on the team that really stand out and you're like, you're going to go somewhere and you know it. Mm. Oh yeah. Right? Even
1: if they're still in college, even, you're if they're,
0: even if they're just starting out, you see the thing. That's the thing I'm talking about in creative work.
1: And that's a freaking blast. That's like, cause another thing, like another thing that I think the, the, so the, let's say the younger maybe, or the less experienced people that are still in maybe the college level, yeah. you can see, I think another thing that's really freaking cool is that you can see that where they can be. Um, and they want it, they want somebody to like you so freaking bad. Right. Yeah. To just say, yes, please. I would like help me get there. Because a lot of times they think that they can get there as well, they just don't know how, yeah, and so that's been fun to see to work be working with these unicorns, but then we also be working with these, not less so even, but like these other badasses who aren't
0: they just don't have the experience right,
1: that just exactly, yeah, that just don't have the experience
0: yeah, no, that's that's been awesome, and like I said, most of the people I do work with as a core team are experienced, but I will pull in more junior level people and um, proactively I have, there've have been a couple of them that I have asked them what their rates are. I've doubled it and, and have said, I want to give you more responsibility and I'm going to put more on your plate and I'm going to give you an opportunity for the next three months on this project to it's also blow my mind. You're a designer, but I also want you to project me man manage this. Do you have a story? And I want you to do a little bit of copywriting too. Cause I'm testing them. I'm pushing yeah, them into yeah. uncomfortable ter- territories. Not only am I testing like can you write copy or can you really see a project from beginning to end and, you know, and manage other people? Um, That's interesting to me, but more so I'm curious how they emotionally react to something. Mm -hmm. Are they charged by it?
1: A lot of personality stuff, right? Do they
0: take it on? Mm -hmm. Are they excited to take it on and how do they feel after the fact? And, uh, I haven't had an experience yet where someone hasn't been extremely thankful and over-delivered. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, Do you have a, a, a story?
0: Yeah. So, um, when I, when I was working full time at an agency, I had an intern on my team. She had just come out of design school and was, was freelancing and wasn't able to land a full time job immediately after the, um, the internship. So I pulled her into some projects and threw some design work onto her plate that I knew she was capable of doing. And uh and then I threw some social media management onto her plate. Which and
1: had she done before?
0: No. She had I mean she knows how to design pins for Pinterest mm-hmm. and she you know, she knows the one by one, you so know, she felt like, like it would be a good she, fit. she knew the design world of social media, but she did not no community management or how to write copy or how to use hashtags or any sort of strategy Gross, tactics, stuff. none like of that. that, none of that. And so I gave her the opportunity to step into one of the Instagram accounts that we run for um, Cincinnati. And I said, I can pay you just for some of the design elements, you know, editing the photography and doing the overlays and you know, those mm-hmm. sorts of things. Or you can take a crack at this. And so, um, what was her reaction? She, She's like, I, I think I can write. I don't, I don't know. Like, I don't know. Am I a copywriter? You know, I, I'm a human and I write things. There's a difference. Mm-hmm. Um, and I said, well, let's just take it slow. Why don't you just do some posts before they go live? Just show me. I'll give you some feedback. And the first couple of rounds I had some feedback for her, but she picked it up intuitively and I never had to give her feedback again.
1: And you oh really it was that quick it was that quick did and it is was she, it was
0: like be active not passive I mean just general mm-hmm. grammar grammar things that mm-hmm. um you know that was helpful to bring to mind but no she, she does a great job and she um did her own research on how to be strategic with hashtags and we work together every at the end of every month to look at the report and see what's working what's not and she creates hypotheses of what she wants to test and do differently the next month. See, that's freaking huge. And so now not only do I have someone Mm. who's a graphic designer by trade, writing copy and getting into strategy work, I have someone who's getting hungry for data and analytics to make hypotheses and run Mm. tests.
1: Uh, I'd like to hear if anybody out there knows of a graphic designer that in – four months has grown into what is very much looking like a unicorn in the near future. Yeah. Because like, I just think that's, it's just really cool. That is, it's a beautiful story as to you seeing somebody with potential and them just slurping it up because I think that that's a massive desire for a lot of people.
0: And that would never have happened at the big agency. (sighs) Oh no.
1: That's Um, like four different departments.
0: Exactly. Yeah. And one person's doing it and which, again, goes back to the cost-saving things mm-hmm. conversation. But, um, yeah. And and on top of that, she, she never would have had – I don't want to say never. It would be years until she would likely get in front of a client. And the only way mm. – if she would have stayed that designer track, she would have to go to – from junior designer to designer to senior designer to art director. And sometimes an art director gets in front of a client, sometimes not usually it's the creative director. And so maybe even then she'd have to become an associate creative director and then a creative, you know, and like,
1: so that is, we're talking side, like
0: 10 years. Yeah.
1: So from the client side though, why is that, why is that important to the client? Why is it important that it would have taken Katie 10 years to get in front of them? I don't,
0: I don't know that a client intrinsically cares about a Katie before they being experience a Katie, right? I think the client cares about the P the people they work with, understanding their business goals, being hungry to help, uh, be a partner to solve them and coming up with creative and strategic solutions. And so, um, I think as long as a client has a team doing that, and that's why agent, big global agencies have been effective because they can build big teams mm-hmm. that do that stuff. But what's what's changing in business right now is we biz, bi- enterprise businesses who have deep pockets historically who are willing to pay that amount of money for a team that big mm-hmm. are realizing that that's unnecessary and it slows them down and it costs a lot of and money and expensive. their competitors who are startups <laughs> uh, typically are operating very very differently and they're scratching their heads saying how is this how happening. Are they doing it? And how it's happening is they have a Katie, and that's that's why they care. I don't know that they fully understand that quite yet, and that's what we're able to help bring to the table with us being a boutique agency full of independent contractors who uh, where we have a breeding ground for unicorns mm.
1: that's a perfect answer okay, last question uh and this just go big with me here yeah um what do you? If you had to boil it down, it might be a hard question to answer. If you had to boil it down, what do you want to change about the world concerning and how does spirit animal have to do a part? How does, let me rephrase. What do you want to change about the world and how does spirit animal have a part in it?
0: Mm, That's a good question.
1: (laughs) Specifically in the realm of this contracting unicorn model.
0: Yep. I, I, I believe that um this goes back to our tagline you'll see it on our website. If you can have a spirit animal in real life, you should be able to have one in business too, and what that means to me is we are as a human, it doesn't matter what my job title is. I want to be in a work environment where I feel like someone there's there's a partnership this this thing that's intangible happening where I just get you and you just get me. And because of that, we can work really well together and we can do amazing, incredible things. And with the way that the world is shifting, the way that more and more people are desiring to step up and be um, solopreneurs, entrepreneurs, freelancers, independent contractors, um, it's, it's important to me to be able to build a company that supports that trend, it's going to happen anyway and alleviate all of the fears that come with that. And so I'm speaking from that point of view right now, the independent contractor space, but some of the fears are when, how, when, how am I going to get my next paycheck? If I'm on my own, am I going to continue to be mentored or developed? That's a big one. Am I going to get really sad, not feeling like a part of a team? Am I going to grow and get new experiences? Like the list goes on and on, right? And for me to be able to build a pipeline of hungry clients who need the work, and be able to plug that into incredibly talented people, and and it's not like I'm always giving one hundred percent of them one hundred percent of right, their right. salary, but what I am giving them is the stability that a, a bit of the stability that they're afraid that they won't have
1: mm-hmm.
0: and the freedom to be able to go do something else at any point that they want if there's a new project that po- pops up they don't have to quit me they're not right. employed by me yeah <laughs> and i can encourage them to go take that opportunity and go run after you know that mm. oppor- that opportunity and come back successful and feel really empowered as a human and also um, bring that experience back to us the next time we work together. And so I'm building this thing that alleviates fear and promotes freedom. And that's that's really missional for me and for our company. And what we're experiencing is that people are – they feel indebted. Um, and they're not mm-hmm. because they're free. Mm-hmm. It's awesome.
1: Mm-hmm. Awesome. Okay, so – Last question, but it's two parts. Okay. Part number one. um, If you had to give a piece of advice or share an insight to the client as to something that they need to know concerning what we're talking about today, what would it be? The one thing that they need to remember or know or learn.
0: I would tell clients to really think about who they have working for them. And when I when I say for them, uh that can be internally. I I've, I've been speaking externally because I've been in the agency space, mm-hmm. but we can get don't get too comfortable with the team that you have. If you feel any sort of sense of complacency or um just any sort of inability to run at the speed in which you need, there are other options. And there are really, really hungry, talented people out there who would love your business Mm -hmm. and would love a chance to, um, impress you. And, and more than that though, be a true partner.
1: Okay. Uh, okay. Part number two of the question is if you had to give any advice to the independent contractor and or person who knows that they're on the edge of leaving their job because they've hit a ceiling or they're, about to get burnt out because they've only used 30% of their capacity for the last 10 years. What is the advice to them that you have?
0: Self-awareness is everything. Mm. There's not a one size fits all answer because it could be right for you to leave your job and the next person to not yet or ever. You know, I'm not, I'm not saying that everyone needs to work for themselves and be an independent contractor. It really takes a unique person and it takes, um, a, a unique personality. Um, I think any personality type can do it, but there's got to be the right conditions. Mm -hmm. And so you have to know yourself and you have to know, um, what's on the line if you do. But I, but if you are in a place where you're really considering it and you're, you're feeling burnout and you're feeling like there's opportunity, you just don't know. Um, what I found is if you put in the work and you are smart about how you go out into that world and with, with savings Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. a solid network and work to show for it. If you have those pieces in place Mm -hmm. and you're hungry, um, really cool things could happen. Mm -hmm. Uh, don't do it prematurely, (laughs) um, unless you're forced into it. But, but those, those kinds of conditions create hunger anyway, Mm -hmm. you kind of do what you have to do. Um, but it's, you know, more and more companies, um, not, not just, Agencies like me, but just businesses in general know that this is a trend and they're figuring out how to work with remote workers and independent contractors. And so there's going to be more and more opportunity regardless for you to um, work on the things you want to work on with the people you want to work with, where you want to be working. Um, So, but yeah, the biggest piece of advice is to talk to the people in your life who know you and who you love and trust because they're going to be able to be a good sounding board if it's time.
1: Mm. All right. That's awesome. I think we're going to wrap this one up. Thank you everybody for listening today. If you have any thoughts, questions, comments, concerns, we would love to hear from you guys. Uh, feel free to reach out and check us out at spiritanimalconsulting.com and until next time, see you later.
0: Adios.